0: Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is SmallbizPod on Wednesday, the 10th of January. Today's show focuses on uh, the enterprise culture in the UK and how we compare to the US. Um, I interview Shah Wasmund, who's a well-known dot-com entrepreneur in the UK, and also Professor Zoltan Ach from uh, George Mason University in the US about his views about why the U.S. has such a strong entrepreneurial spirit and what we can learn from it. Um, I would like to say thanks to all those who've commented uh, over the last week or so, uh, over the Christmas period. I hope you all had a a good uh, Christmas and New Year. I certainly did, very relaxing, but also um, very definitively back into the swing of things quite rapidly uh, already in January. I'll come to um, your comments and feedback Between the two interviews that uh, I'm about to play, that as I say, were recorded at Enterprise Week, uh, the week that's designed to encourage and inspire entrepreneurs, so, a subject very close to uh, my heart. And uh, the first of those is with Shah. Wasmund, um, one of the UK's leading dot-com pioneers. Okay, so I'm here at the launch of uh, Enterprise Week, and I'm here with Shah Wasmund, has just been uh, talking on a, on a fascinating panel about uh, all sorts of issues, and particularly the, the sort of ambition um, uh, and creativity within um, the UK in terms of enterprise culture and how that differs here uh, compared to, to places like in the States. Where are the Googles? Where are the... Uh, the YouTubes in the UK. Um, Wasmund, Wasmund, Shah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, for, uh, for for joining me on Small Biz Pod today.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Now, um, you, are, you were talking a little bit earlier about your excitement and enthusiasm for Web 2.0, and you were kind of uh, an early Web 2.0 entrepreneur. Were you launching something called... Uh,
1: my kind of place my kind of I launched. I launched my... Well, actually, I started on my first internet uh, venture in 99 when I was one of the founding directors of Deckchair.com, which was uh, an internet travel company ahead of its times. And um, I took my experiences there to co-found MyKindOfPlace.com. Uh, and I sold out the majority of my shares in 2004, and then the rest of the business was actually sold to Sky uh, earlier this year. So I have wholeheartedly embraced the internet from you know f- for the last six, seven years, and I truly believe that it is the way forward for encouraging enterprise.
0: Now, there's a there's an interesting blogger who you may be familiar with, who's also a cartoonist called Hugh McLeod, Um and um, he's a, a great advocate of something called the global microbrand. Now, whilst YouTube and and Google are clearly global mega-brands, there's an awful lot of space for um, small businesses on the Internet to uh, create a huge uh, customer base but remain a micro-brand. What what are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm a, a really strong believer in finding your niche and working it like a gold mine. Um, In fact, I frequently go out and I give talks and I do seminars on, on this very subject. So it's something I'm genuinely really passionate about. And I think that once you figure out what you're truly passionate about and what you're truly good at, you then need to milk that for all it's worth. You need to recognize that what the Internet provides you with is a global platform to hundreds of hundreds of millions of businesses all over the world and it's just about making sure that you, it's about value it's about creating value for your customers and if you know whatever it is, whether you know the the, the most about knitting than anybody else in the entire world or you know the most about how to make money from blogging whatever it is that you specialise in there is a way for you to make money on the internet if you do it properly it's not about putting up a 52 page sales letter let's just say that
0: absolutely I, I well as a as a, a podcaster and blogger um yeah we're, we're kind of on the same page on that front um uh, some people have said that you know web 1.0 was about take and web 2.0 is about giving um, and as a business model um web 2.0 is really about uh advertising and not making consumers or users pay uh is that sustainable do you think
1: um I don't actually agree with the opinion you see I think that what what web 1.0 was about it was about pushing what web 2.0 is about pulling so in web 1.0 days when I said at my kind of place we were pushing the content that we chose onto our audience web 2.0 days it's all about the users being able to pull the content that they choose now you can interpret that as being Uh, the taking and the giving but the reality is no business can sustain itself just by giving but what it's about is about selected giving and selected taking. It's about allowing the user to choose the type of ad in the type of framework and the type of environment that they're prepared for that to be seen in. It's about providing them with products and services that they genuinely want Mm. and not ones that you want to sell. And then two aren't necessarily the same thing. And of course it's not sustainable for any business to be able to be run purely by giving. But what typically Web 2.0 businesses like a Skype and a MySpace do is you build the brand, Mm. you build the numbers, you build the scalability until you get to such a point where your traction and your market share is almost insurmountable. And now you can start adding on paid for features. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, because what they're not doing is changing their original offer. They're not yep. changing what they originally offered their customers for free to something that's paid. What they're saying is that now we've developed your loyalty. Now we've built that loyalty over a period of time. Now you trust in our brand. Mm. Why don't you think about buying these services yeah. from us?
0: Yeah. No, no, that, that, that I think is that the, I truly real, believe the real in. business model. That is the real business yeah, yeah. model. Yeah.
1: And I think the difference between Web 1.0 and Web 2.0 is all about choice.
0: And also trust. No, I get the impression that not a lot of people actually trusted any Web point, uh, web 1.0 companies where, where, other than VCs. But now, I think, um, and, maybe, and again, it's probably just a cultural thing and, and broadband access and familiarity. It's just society has moved on to a point where they're now ready to accept.
1: I think the difference is, is now that the internet is an intrinsic part of most people's lives. Yeah. Most people could not imagine living through a 24-hour period without accessing their emails or without accessing the internet for some form of research or without purchasing something on the internet. It's a whole different way of life. And this is what small businesses need to grab with both hands. And I think that more needs to be done with small businesses to teach them, encourage Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. show them how they can do this for themselves it's 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 about uh, teaching a man to fish instead of giving him a fish Mm, mm. and it's about teaching him how to fish responsibly so that he can sustain his business long term it's not about spending tens of thousands of pounds developing a website it's about thinking to yourself what does my website need to do i'm a massive believer in developing passive income your website should be able to sell your products 24 hours a day seven days a week without you having to work that much harder at doing so Mm, mm. and this is what small businesses need to start to learn to do
0: now, um, just going back to one of the bigger themes to conclude, um, you, were, you, you were quite passionately saying, you know, where is the, you know, there's the ambition probably in the UK to build Google, the next Google, the next YouTube, the next multi billion pound business, but there isn't the support mechanisms to allow entrepreneurs to do that. Um, I suspect there's a certain amount of, of cultural. Um, um, reticence in the UK, which also uh, plays a part in that. But what what do you see as needs to be done to to create, you know, um, the next Google, but in the UK.
1: I believe that we've got just as much ability to create the next Google, the next MySpace, the next YouTube. But what we don't have is we don't have the embedded and endemic cultural belief in our entrepreneurs. That encourages our young people, our older generations to think, hold on a minute, let's think back before the internet. Uh, McDonald's, one of the best known brands in the entire world. The guy who founded it was in his mid to late 50s when he founded Mm. it. So let's not believe that this is all about young people because it's not. Mm. The internet is actually embraced by the whole... My grandma's 82 and she's on instant messenger every day. (laughs) Now that may be because I've kind of influenced her somewhat. Yeah, But I think that... The challenge that we really have as a country is twofold. It's one, the culture, which can take a long time to mm, change. Mm. But it's also that our small business services are so far behind the curve, instead of being ahead of the curve, mm. that they do not provide small businesses with the services that they truly need at the point in time that they truly need them. And to. what
0: are those services in your view?
1: In my view, small business services, business links, should launch a uh, nationwide small business network, online platform, everything that Web 2.0 does, embracing how-to videos on YouTube, embracing multimedia platforms so that you can come home at 9 o'clock at night when you've got to do your tax return and you can click on a multimedia and you can learn Mm. step-by-step how to fill in Mm. your tax return Mm. and you can pause it and you can write Mm. it out and then you can see how to fire an employee. We could go home, we could create this in a relatively yeah. short period of time. You could teach people how to do marketing, how to do PR. You yeah. could do all of this online in, real, in a format that is accessible to everybody, wherever they live, no matter how far out of the main centres of town they live, no matter what time they work until. Mm. Because my big thing is that um, a lot of the skills that you need to learn, a lot of the real skills that you need to learn to make a small business successful... Most small businesses don't have the time or the money to go and learn those skills. Mm. And networking is a fabulous way to do it. Yeah. But you can do all these same things online. Yes, supplement it and support it offline. But you have frac—you have a fraction of the time offline that you can spend online because you can come home at 9 o'clock at night and you can find an hour, if yeah. you really want to, to go and learn a new skill.
0: Interesting insights there, I think, from from Shah, um, not only in terms of her uh, .com experience, but in terms of... Uh, how she sees um, technology can help um, improve the entrepreneurial um, ethos in the UK, um, something I obviously (laughs) firmly believe in. Um, It's almost the the whole point of um, Small Biz Pod. So um, that's uh, good indeed, interesting, um, and we'll see how things pan out. Now, um, some uh, comments from uh, listeners. First of all, um, I had an email from um, Mark Richardson who is an Aussie who lives in uh, Tasmania. He says, I'm a 24-year-old Sparky. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I do know what a Sparky is. It's an electrician. Uh, he says, I've just started my own business, Supplied Electrics, and I'm always looking for ways to educate myself in the world of business. I received an MP3 player for Christmas, not have, having ever listened to podcasts. Um, I stumbled across your show whilst looking for free music uh bad I know. Um well no, I, oh, I I look for a lot of free music as well, um Mark, so not bad in any way at all. And you've got the free music at the end if you like it. Um I absolutely love the content in the shows and the amazing and inspiring people you interview. I'm pleased to report that my MP three player is full of your shows with not a ripped off song in sight. My God, Pod reduces internet piracy. Uh there are so many benefits of this podcast. I'm well that's good. Um and I've been working my way through, uh, Mark goes on to say uh, the last 36 episodes, and eagerly await the next 50. My goodness me. Um, I've learned more in four days of listening to Small Biz Pod than in two years of the business diploma. Keep banging out these little nuggets. I love them. Well, that is superb feedback, Mark. Um, really, really, really very much appreciated indeed. Um, and, yeah, um, here's to the next 50. Let's hope they're all as good as the last 36. And I also had a comment from um Karen Sprake. Now, Karen, who is a she, uh, the last time I uh, mentioned her on the show, I called her a he, and the time before that, uh, I suggested she was living in Alabama rather than in Exmouth, Devon. Um, so many apologies, Karen, and I hope uh, this time I've got all of your uh, credentials correct. Um, anyway, she writes to me and says, Thanks for the mention recently, and it's great to hear that Doug Smart's been in touch. Um, in terms of the listener with the binocular business, um, he could contact Chris Cardell in London. Just enter his name into the search engine and bingo, a whole wealth of free marketing ideas. Most of them cost very little or, or as I say, are free. Um So, uh she goes on to say, Great podcast with Adam Hildreth of Crisp Thinking. Have a great 2007 and Happy New Year. P.S. The music is great, but the interviews are far more useful. Um, best wishes, Karen. Um, thank you very much, Karen. Um, really, really good to hear from you. I think I've got everything right this time. Apologies for getting it wrong before. And I hope you have a good 2007 as well. And then, um the Frapper Map. Um, some of you won't have heard about the Frapper map for a while. Um, Frapper did a lot of weird things with this little map and it was kind of, didn't look very good and hard, was hard to find. Uh, we had about 160, 170 people, um, stick their pin in a virtual map to say, you know, small biz listeners to say, oh, uh, I'm listening and I'm here. And, uh, anyway, the Frapper have sort of rejuvenated it a bit, and it's looking quite good. Again, um, there's a little um, link to it at the top of the Small Biz Pod uh, page on the right-hand side. Um, and, I think, as a result of that, um, people are signing up again. And the first of those is um, Anders Dyer, who lives in Bristol uh, in the UK, who says, Fab Show, don't stop. Um, and Anders runs a, a little business called Icon Republic. Um so, yep. Yeah, thanks very much for Anders. Anders for being one of the one of the first for a little while to to, to sign onto the Frapper Mat. Go check it out. The other thing to check out if you're a blogger um, is something called My Blog Log, which uh, is quite interesting. If you if you take a, a look at the SmallBizPod websites and scroll down a little bit uh, on the left hand side, you get these little. Uh, faces of people who uh, have uh, recently looked at your website um they've got to be bloggers as well but um it's interesting to see um those uh fascinating to see who's looking at your your blog at any one time so any bloggers out there take a look at that at mybloglog.com i think anyway i'll put link in the a link in the show notes so you've got it there and then um Finally, uh, to round off comments from the the Christmas period, uh, I have had um, a comment on uh, one of the on the blog on the SmallBizPod blog, um, which says, um, if I can find it here we are it says um, hi Alex I really liked your last show it's from uh, Jim Markham um, and he goes on to say I've even listened to the song for a change uh, regarding interview times I would have liked a more in-depth interview with uh, the young bloke on this show that's Adam Hildreth um, I could have quite happily listened to 40 minutes of that as I found it very interesting uh, I was doing a, a menial task at the time so that might have affected my listening behaviour uh, I hope not anyway I took look forward to hearing more in January and I hope it comes good with a sponsor Um, as I know what a grind it can be to put a podcast together I've just chucked the towel in on mine and cancelled my Libsyn subscription as I don't have enough time to do it well uh, yeah Jim in Sweden it is uh, quite hard work Um, you've heard already the sponsorship sorted and um, yeah I hope you have uh, uh, thanks for the feedback and uh, I hope freeing up some time from podcasting allows your uh, business to flourish if uh, if it isn't doing so already Uh, good to hear from you And that just about, I think, wraps up comments for um, today. So let's go back to some uh, challenging views um, that Professor uh, Zoltan Atch um, of the George Mason University in the US uh, has to say about why the UK as a society is is perhaps not as entrepreneurially spirited as uh, the US. Um, Zoltan was uh, a a senior figure at the american um uh, small business association administration uh, the us small business administration uh, he was their their senior economist so he, he knows a thing or two about us um, small business and enterprise um and uh, it's clearly a, a subject that he um studies academically too so um be prepared to challenge to be challenged uh, let me have your feedback on um what do you think of his views? Professor Ash? welcome to uh, Small Biz Pod. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Now, um, uh, the key question, I guess, is we, there was a significant amount of discussion about ambition, entrepreneurial ambition. Why uh, is the U.S. more ambitious entrepreneurially than the U.K.?
2: Well, th- that's an interesting question, and, and there was a lot of um, discussion about that. And people threw out two sorts of statistics. One was that there appears to be more business startups in the US. And, and, and this is well known, there's about twice as many, um, depends how you measure it, um, in the UK and also more than in Europe. And, and then the second question that you're sort of interested in is are the people that actually start businesses more ambitious? So in other words, instead of starting a hairdresser, are people interested in starting a chain of hairdressers? And and I think the answer that, or that perception, is correct. Um, People in the U.S., when they start businesses, a lot of them are looking to start something that is either going to make them rich, as opposed to give them a job, Mm. or are going to create some change that is going to make the city, the state, the region, the country where they are different. Now, why this is, it's a very tricky question, but mm. I'll give you one of my old answers is feudalism. Feudalism? Well, you remember, everybody remembers what feudalism yeah. was, right? It was a social structure where people's station in life was given by birth. And, remember, the U.S. is a country that was founded by sort of anti-feudalists. Mm. You know, we mm. all know the stories about King George and this and that. And, but, now, the second part of that is, if you don't believe in feudalism, you can then take the essence of what America is about is that all men are created equal. Now what that really means is you're all equally free to go into business. And remember, in feudalism, you could only go into business if the king said it was okay. (laughs) So it's the British class system that's the problem? Well, I think when I listened to Enterprise Week here today, people alluded to it in the background, Mm. from the education system to the... right. Now, I don't know enough about... The British system to say that it's still there, it doesn't exist, it's still pervasive. Your listeners all know that better than I do, but it is there and exerts Mm. an influence. Mm. And that doesn't exist in the US. Mm. And so when people think about going into business, it comes from this cultural background that you can do things, you can create things, you can change things and so it's just there because this feudal shackle sort of is missing. And
0: yet, um, in terms of corporations, arguably the UK is punching well above its weight in terms of the number of large-scale businesses that are dominating global markets. If you look at banking or you look at telecoms, um, the UK is the UK's, or, or, or groceries, you know, the likes of Tesco's and so on and so forth, um, they're really powering ahead. Um, uh, is the corporation more like a feudal society than, um, within itself? Than, and hence, that's what we're, we're better at. Is the UK better at corporate life than it is at entrepreneurial life?
2: Remember, the UK had a socialist system in, in sort of a cultural way, and it didn't really completely destroy the big business sector. Um, It flirted with it, whether it was nationalized or not, but it, 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 it continued to exist as it did in many other countries. And the UK was always very good at penetrating global markets, right? This was also has a very long history. And so if there is this British comparative advantage, it's sort of in managing these large businesses and sort of penetrating the global market. And so they're very good at that. So that, that's a very uniquely, a unique British strength, um, it's also an American strength, mm. and it's been around for a long time, mm. but it's not about entrepreneurship. Mm. So, so in some sense, the large corporate sector does very well, mm. whether on the financial end, with the city, bond trading, et cetera, or with supermarkets, in other large multinational companies, because neither one of those depends on individual initiative. Mm. It depends on a corporate culture that's fed by the universities and people going into management. Entrepreneurship is about people. And, and the socialist culture had a, and maybe even the feudal culture, had a much larger effect on individuals because what you're now trying to do is get people to move out of their station in life. And that's very difficult, when all you've heard your whole life and and then the history of it is what your station in life is. And to me, that is is why Enterprise Week is so interesting, because whether it's conscious or unconscious, I can see it as an attempt to get people to break out of their station in life.
0: One final, final question. the U.S. clearly has a has a stronger entrepreneurial spirit, and you said earlier that, um, you know, it is it is in essence based on you know everyone is is equal to to, to set up their own business. Um, you also mentioned earlier that um, that uh, uh, there is still quite a, a, a power base of you know white male entrepreneurs. Um, how is the how has the U.S. progressed in terms of um, equality for the, the, the range of races and cultures that that are continually entering the company, uh, the country rather? Do they have as much opportunity to um, to become big businesses, um, starting from small scale, as the white middle class wasps? Yeah.
2: That, that, that's a very interesting question, and there's two answers to it. People that have come to the U.S. with no money, with no education, with no contacts, with low-level skills, most of them come to work because starting a business requires all of those. On the other hand, people that have come to the U.S. with skills, education, contacts, money, do very well as entrepreneurs. something like 20% of the entrepreneurial companies in Silicon Valley were started by Indians. And if you really look at some of the large, successful American entrepreneurial companies, something like 10, 15% were started by immigrants. You have Andy Grove that started Intel. He was a 1956 um, refugee from Hungary. Um, You have some of the other um, eBay, So the U.S. is very open um, to immigrants. And so to both native-born and immigrants, the system of change and changing it is very receptive. Professor Ash, thank you very much. Thank you very much.
0: Well, uh, an interesting uh, interview, that one. And uh, this feudal idea is uh, an interesting argument. Uh, it's quite a hard one to counter. Perhaps we are in the UK still handicapped by our, our basic sort of feudal um, roots and past and history and so socialism and other elements that might be um, mitigating against us, uh, independently setting up our own businesses that make our culture uh, prefer the idea of going um, and working for um, larger businesses. Maybe a load of claptrap now. What do you think? What is your view? Uh, what is the view of uh, real UK entrepreneurs out there? Let me know what you think of Professor Atch's um, uh, uh, analysis. And if you're in the US, um, do you agree about how uh, entrepreneurially spirited the, the US is? Um, is it all about the, 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 the freedom of uh, of all... Men and women in the U.S. is that you know a huge spur, uh, the, the to the to huge part of the culture that spurs on entrepreneurialism over there. And be interested to have your views. Um, as ever, you can leave a comment on the Small Biz Pod blog, um, small You can send me an email, Alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. co uk. Haven't had any uh, audio feedback for a little while, so. If you want to, uh, record something, um, email it across to me, then, um, I'm always really, really very happy to, um, play audio comments in the show. Equally, you can just Skype me, Alex-SmallBizPod, um, and leave a message on the answer machine or call, um, plus four four, um, two zero eight one three three one six five six if, uh, you'd like to, uh, again, leave a message. On the answer machine, uh, your thoughts on the show, your reaction to uh, what you've heard, and uh, I'll make sure that your comment is included in the show. So, um, uh, one final thank you this week to uh, Bibi. I'm, as you can tell, I'm really excited about them being involved. And it's not just the money, you know, it, it really is, it does allow me um, to, as I say, cover my costs and to, uh, hopefully produce some, some more interviews more regularly and extend the, the content that I hope all of you will find useful. So, yep, thanks to Bibi. And back to, uh, my music choice for this week. And in terms of music, uh, I wanted something upbeat, something that you know made us look to the future it's the beginning of a new year i think people are feeling positive you should have your your plans and your ambitions sorted if even if you're lying in the gutter you should be looking at the stars as oscar wilde once kind of said um, and so for that reason i've got a track here which is very upbeat it's by um, an artist called transient and the track's called head full of stars